Hello and welcome to the Takes It Took. I'll be your announcer today, Miles Treese. Joining me today is... Today we have much information to talk to you about. King Kong has just destroyed the New York State Building. I forget what it's called. (laughs) What am I talking about? Oh, I I can kind of see me from back here where my levels are at. I kind of need to come back here a little. But King Kong just destroyed that building in New York. I just forget what it's called. He's up there and he's swatting planes. No, the... Oh my Are god! Are you kidding me? King Kong is <laughs> in New York. The building that King Kong climbs. There's two giant buildings. That King Kong <laughs> is Empire State Building. Oh, was Chrysler good. was in the 30s. Good grief! And that's why I associate it. And he, he was moving around all jumpy, like he's made out of clay. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey. Welcome back. We missed you. I missed you a lot. I I wept. I cried myself to sleep. Mm. Where are the people listening? Oh, I'm the where sub. Are they? I'm the Simon Cowell I'm... of the group. I don't really care. <laughs> Ugh. Which X Factor judge are you most like? I actually don't know any of the other ones, so doesn't work. <laughs> Who's the hygiene man? Mr. Clean. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. I'm Howie Mandel. Because you're both bald. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the other people are, but I'm. One of the ladies, probably. I'm unimpressed with you. Sorry. My name rhymes with owl. <laughs> Bowel. Bowel. Towel. Oh, owl. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey. What movies? Just jump into it. What, what movies have we seen? What hit films? Right, go. Okay. Um. Well, so in the year in review episode, uh, I talked about this as my favorite animation, but it's from the same studio, and it's. Jesus. Um, it's this animated movie called Wolfwalkers. It's an Irish studio um, that does 2D animation. And uh, it's very mythical and based in folklore about uh, an Irish town that has English people come in and take control. And then they're sent to go kill all the wolves in the woods. But there's a mother and a daughter who are wolfwalkers, which means when they go to sleep, they turn into wolves. And it's about a father and a daughter The father hunts the wolves, and the daughter wants to be just like her father. But when she goes into the woods, she discovers the wolf walkers. um, And it's kind of like, oh, it's it's about like basically being more similar than different to people we're not familiar with. But the animation style is very pretty. Um, Mm -hmm. They do a lot of rough sketches that they leave in there. So you can see like the circles from the initial like head Mm -hmm. shape. And they do it more with the wolves than with the people. But um, it's like they do no cleanup on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. But the backgrounds, too, are just very picturesque and uh, yeah. like paintings. It's it's very symmetrical and just very pretty. Yeah, so. symmetrical and like flat. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the landscape things, they don't really do a whole lot of depth. So it's like flat. So like something in the distance looks like it's, you know, kind of up there with the foreground just because of the way it's drawn. It's very it's fun just, mix up with style. Yeah. So compared um, to the Disney schlock that we see come out every year. Yeah. So it's just a very different style of animation that we see pushed out right now. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I think kind of just like the folklore kind of stories I've always enjoyed. And so, yeah, it was very good. Sounds like Fox and the Hound. Sure. Because it's about. Two people from different sides. Yeah. One has to hunt the other, but they realize that they're friends. Yeah. 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 Not too Except dissimilar. the British are there. I hate the British. Very mm. anti-British. Well, so if you're anti-British like us, just kidding. British just listeners. kidding. Just kidding. Oi, governor. Let's 
Actually, yeah, judge my accent for me, please, if you could my listen to this and say, hey, Stefan, you suck. Ringo Starr. Hello. Here's my American accent. I'm a beetle. Got to go change my motor in my car. Anyway, so that's what I watched. Cobble Fockers. It's very nice, good. Nice. It's on Apple TV if any of you guys have it and want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I got a lot of movies to talk about. I'm going to talk about this movie that Mariah made me watch because it's the one that's on my head. Uh, she had to watch it for a class mm-hmm. because her professor produced it. Yes. It's a movie called Unbroken. It was directed by Angelina Jolie, shot by uh, Roger Deakins, co-written by the Coen brothers. And man, is it just the most flat movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it had a lot of potential. It is It is just unengaging, one tone, one note, just... It was hard to watch. We watched um, the the Scrooge animated movie on Netflix, and that had me more engaged. Yeah, I saw you guys watching just like an ungodly amount of Christmas. Carol. Yeah, I I made it like <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen the Christmas Carol adapted five times this year. I I just kind of made it a goal to see how many I could see to compare them. I don't know why. Yeah. Which is your favorite so far? A Muppets makes sense for I think, sure. I do think Muppets is makes sense top tier. Yeah, yeah, it is a good story. I like it. Yeah, but uh, Unbroken, honestly, I I don't really have much that that much to say other than just kind of like it's just. I mean, it looks good, of course. He can shot it, but like it, it's got like no emotion. It feels so drained, and there's no. And it's intense. No, spirit. it's about a POW during World War Two, yeah. and like oh, shit. Plash, plashing a crane. No, crashing a plane. They crash a plane. They're you know at sea for like 70 days or something they get saved by you know japanese soldiers and then they're pow's to the end of the war and he has like this conflict with one of the officers and based on a true story by the way based on a true story yeah. but it's just like wait is it where he like he has to hold up like a piece of wood yeah. yep i've seen commercials for he it. holds up the piece of wood it's okay. just pass pass it bam it had a lot of potential and i just feel like yeah it wasn't approached in the best way, which is just a bummer because it is a very obviously inspiring story because it's true mm-hmm. and like holy cow. I think a the lot shit of that it, that man went through, but yeah, you know. a lot of it was performance. Their performances, like it'd be parts where it's supposed to be a really sort of scary scenario, and they're not scared, and so you're not scared. Um, Damn, and you're just kind of like, okay, the they're, plane's going down, but they don't seem too worried. Yeah, so they're just I like bracing, cool. and they're just like, all right, you're like, am I supposed to be scared? Because they're not. And, well, it seems like you watched a bad movie. Miles, what have you seen? Oh, boy. Okay. Put yourself in the shoes. Of, I'm in I got the, my shoes Of a on. little six-year-old Miles. My feet are not fitting into those shoes. Um, they're, they're, your feet are too small for those. Hold on, let me get my hatchet. Or I guess the shoes are too small. Yes, correct. Cramming them in there. All I, right, cram, I just cut off my pinky toes. They fit. There you go. Okay. You watched a movie. And that's it. Now... You are miles in high school, and you're thinking back, and you're like, I have glimpses of of a movie. It has like some spring guy, and they're fighting, and like there's, I think there's like a train scene in it somewhere, and then from high school to now, <laughs> so eight to nine years, I'm constantly trying to figure out what this movie is. Every now and then I get glimpses mm-hmm. of scenes and I'm typing and I'm trying to Google it and I can't find it <laughs> for the life of me. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where I was like, I, dr- I dreamt it. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't a real movie. But I was like, 
I dreamt it. This movie's not real. Everyone I'm asking, they're like, no, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was scrolling through Netflix and I just, I hovered over it for a split second and I saw the spring man and I went, oh, oh, it's real. It is called the magic roundabout. Okay. And I, I think it's based off of like a kid's TV show. Okay. Dougal. Dougal. Yeah. Is the, the dog's name in the movie. And by God, is it, it, it holds a special place in my heart because for fucking 17 years, it has been ingrained in my brain. But effectively what it is, is this piece of shit dog, Dougal, who I, I want to execute this fucking dog because he's a piece of shit. He breaks a carousel because he robs a man. Oh, <laughs> he okay. like He pops a man's tire. Because he wants to steal the candy in the cart. Wait, why does this sound familiar? Dude, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm telling you, we've all seen it. We've, <laughs> we've all, all seen, seen it. it. I, Everyone has. I, seen I wanted. It. I wanted to say when Miles was watching this, he was sending me Snapchats. He was sending our group Snapchats, and I was seeing these scenes, and I was like, "This is familiar to me as well. This is buried somewhere deep in my Dude, psyche." Un- unlike Miles, it didn't come back to me, but seeing it, I was like, "I've I've seen this," and yeah. I was like, "I think there's a hot air balloon scene where and they make is. like an attitude." latitude joke and yeah it, and it happened it, it's i don't know what it is about the quality of this movie that allows it to plant itself in your Dude. brain and not go it's, away so it's like this so essentially he like fucks up and the carousel breaks and the evil spirit zabab zabad because there's zabadi and zabad okay um and they're wizards with like sick ass mustaches that right. have powers all right and then it's him a cow um, a snail, a rabbit, and a rabbit, and then a, a train. Uh, go out and like try to find crystals to stop the bad guy, but the bad guy wants the crystals so he can freeze the world over. Okay. And oh my god, it, I don't know who this movie was made for because it's obviously like supposed to be a kids movie. Every fucking joke, eighty percent of the jokes are just movie references to really? other things. They made three Lord of the Rings jokes in the span of like a minute. Interesting. Because the Zab- Zabad was like, there could only be one Lord of the Springs. Mm, <laughs> and okay. Is that why there's Springs? There, there's one spring to rule them all. Mm. And then they make the like my precious joke when they get a diamond. There's like Matrix jokes and does the rabbit do the my precious joke? Yeah, I, I I'm telling you, it's in there. I haven't <laughs> seen. I just know it like comes back to me when he says stuff. The, the, one of the bits that I was like, oh my god, I I remember this is there's a bit where the snail is just like complaining and he's walking through this this tunnel and there's like a bunch of traps going off and like axes and darts flying everywhere. <laughs> you Stephen's uh, having a brain blast. playing in my brain right now. Yeah, and then he gets to the very end and he turns around. And he's like, like, you guys need to be more careful. And then a giant boulder falls. And you're like, oh my god, it crushed him. And then he just like peers around and he's like, well, let's continue. I, I, I think this movie is just composed of trailer moments entirely. Yeah. So I, I watched a movie that has been just like needling away, away in my brain for 17 years. And I finally watched it. I went, uh, I went insane watching it. It like if you give yourself up to this movie, it's funny. But by God, by God, is it weird? And, and just real quick, I said this before: the character designs in this movie are awful. Yeah, they're like the 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 wizard guys. 
they're just like a ball with a spring and a face. Mm -hmm. It's like no matter how much money you had, how great of an artist you had, they would never look good because it's just the design is just bad. And Dougal is just gross. It, it was a movie. And it's on Netflix right now if you guys want to watch it. Again, what's it called? The Magic Roundabout. All right. <laughs> and if you watch it, just know Dougal is a piece of shit who learns nothing throughout this entire journey. And he is the sole reason that every single bad thing happens. I will put that dog down. <sighs> but we're not talking about that today. No. We're talking about a movie that came out this year. Well, by the time this is. Well, okay. Yeah. So last 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than a year ago yeah it came out less than a year ago if Every, you're listening to if this. you're listening to this it came out clearly we record these a little bit early <laughs> it, it came out it it came out to 2022 all right it is called everything everywhere all at once amazing Whoa. uh great movie mm-hmm. yeah. it was directed by daniel shennertz Daniel Schennert. Yeah, Daniel Yeah, I don't know Schenert. how to pronounce his name. And Daniel Kwan. The Daniels. The Daniels. Should we do the summary? Yeah, let's do a summary real quick before I get into okay. everything else. I don't think we should break our backs with the summary here. We should just keep it simple. All right. For a brief synopsis of the movie, we open on Evelyn doing taxes above the laundromat that she runs with her husband, Waymond. Waymond is going to be giving her a divorce, but she doesn't have time for that. She doesn't focus on him. Um, then they go to the IRS where Jamie Lee Curtis, as the tax lady, um, goes, this shit ain't right. I'm going to, like, you're going to get fraud. Um, but then, when they're there, Wayman suddenly snaps his neck back, and he's not Wayman. He's from the Alphaverse, and he's like, all right, go to this and do this and this, this. Basically, there's an evil force that is trying to destroy, like, all the other universes. Called? God. It's the daughter. <laughs> it's Joy. Jobotubaki. Joe, thank you. And so Evelyn is the one who can stop her. And so basically she's verse jumping and taking in all these skills from other past versions of herself to try to defeat her daughter. Right there. Mm-hmm. Devin? All right. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens. And I and I, <laughs> yeah. I would like to jump, you know, I would drop a couple things here and there, but I honestly don't want to spoil it. I don't want to, you know, there's one really absurd thing that I would love to just drop right now but well it would ruin it for you guys so i won't say but you know we're gonna be talking about the movie this whole oh, thing you're right you're right so stop right now go watch the movie if you haven't seen it it is phenomenal it is very it's good it's an amazing we're gonna movie. talk about we'll why. talk about the rating and all that later but stefan don't worry about, we'll talk about it very good. okay anything. great yeah so there's there's you know butt plugs mm-hmm. confetti Dildos. I was gonna. Hot I was gonna fingers. end it on butt plugs. But. There's a universe where uh, everybody's the same except they have hot dogs for fingers. Mm-hmm. Universe where they're just rocks. Yeah. So it, it flashes through all of these different universes, and the yes. idea is that she she she's able to pull skills from all her different versions of herself in these other universes. Like one where she's a kung fu action star, one where she's a singer, one where she flips signs, one where she's a hibachi chef, and they all come together. And you know, she it's 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 all about. Finding love and meaning in the universe of the infinite and the nothing, and then applying that all into the one universe that we follow, which is very real in her relationship with her daughter and her husband. Mm-hmm. And so at the very core of this movie, it's, it's a movie about family. Yes, yes. very much so. The Daniels made sure to like kind of remind everyone of as they were filming, because boy, oh boy, was, filming was hectic, to say the least. Yeah. Because of just the sheer amount of costumes and sets and 
all these things. But if you're wondering, golly gee willikers, the Daniels, they sound familiar. You might know them from their previous work, The Swiss Army Man, featuring Daniel Radcliffe. Another Daniel. Who, yeah. Yeah, who is a dead man who can fart and has a compass boner and is all in all kind of a wacky movie. Um, I want to jump in really quick because um, I'm going to film school. And in one of my classes, we actually had the producer of Swiss Army Man come talk to us. Okay. And he talked about his experience with the Daniels and how... He was he was like an agent and they came in and they kind of pitched this idea to him and their idea, especially one of the most famous things about the movie is that he farts and he's like a, a boat. Mm. Um, basically, they said their idea was that they don't think fart jokes are funny. So they wanted to find a way that it actually made them laugh. And so that's how they came up with that idea. And I think that kind of absurdity obviously kind of carries through into everything. everywhere yeah. at once. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting to listen to the producer talk about that and how cool the Daniels were and like how unique of a project it was and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, and, and while we're talking about Daniel Radcliffe, here is a little... Because this movie, all in all, had a pretty normal production. So there's not any crazy production stories or mm. anything like that. Okay. Did they film it before COVID or was it during COVID? It was during COVID. Um, yeah, I, I know one tidbit about this movie, which involves COVID. Yeah, so everyone was wearing masks okay. and, and all that. But, you know, from what I read, everything was kind of just like, it was fast paced and everything. But all, all the things I talked about are kind of more fun little snippets about the movie okay. where you can, you know, tell your friends like, oh, did you know that Daniel Radcliffe was going to be in this movie? But he had scheduling errors because he was in a play. Mm. So he I know. Th- did you? Do you know? I was going to say, I know someone else who was supposed to be in this movie. Yeah, but I'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's why I stopped myself. So Spoilers. Cut that, cut that, yeah. cut that, cut that, cut that, cut um, that, cut that, cut that, cut I that. I will. But yeah, Daniel Radcliffe was going to be in this movie. Who was he supposed to play? He was supposed to be just on the TV. Uh, he was supposed to have like the hot dog fingers and oh. be like on a TV in the laundromat. Uh, oh, just, yeah. Like, no, no, so no. Just like, like a cameo? background thing. Yeah. Well, because okay. at the beginning... Um, like in the opening scene, they have the musical going on between the guy and the girl. So mm-hmm. he was basically supposed to be that guy. He was guy. being that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, he had a schedule problem with, because he was in a play at the time. Mm, he did right. say though, Bomber. the Daniels are the only people he would say yes to, uh, to be in their movie without reading the script. So Daniel Radcliffe likes the Daniels. Yeah. A lot of Daniels. A lot of Daniels. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel. Daniel, 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 Daniel. Now they need to work with Daniel Day Lewis and Daniel. I mm-hmm. Thought I would something would come to me. Oh, Daniel. Uh, so when they were first kind of pitching this movie, uh, and it was like the lead up to actually filming, they didn't really tell people much about what was going on in this movie. Besides that, there was going to be a lot of stunts and a lot of special effects. Yeah. And there is both of those things in yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. And I guess we'll start with, with casting and location scouting. Okay. We'll do location scouting first because it is the lesser of the two. Okay. So they knew that they needed to go to like, they needed to have kind of an IRS building. Yeah. Essentially. Right. So they went to this one uh, building and it was, I mean, it's a, it's a massive build, building. It's like an old mortgage lending firm. And it's, it was fucking massive. Yes. Uh, Looked big. 
What? And never mind. He said it looked big. It it is very big. It was so big that they were actually really intimidated by the size of this <laughs> of this old hey. mortgage lending oh. firm. Did they shoot this in LA? Yes. Okay. Mortgage lending hey, firm is what I call my knees cat. Mm-hmm. Because she's so fat. Yep. I've been up in that old cat. <laughs> uh, cut that. Cut you, that. Cut you, that. You, there's no way you could have thrown no, that with no. the way you started it. So they, they ended up going to a couple other places. And by the end of you know their location scouting, they're like, well, the, the first place is kind of really our only choice. So they ended up going with it. And you know they liked it because that main kind of like stair place. Yeah. So that was like the main thing that they wanted. But they, they realized, well, this place is so fucking big that we can do pretty much anything we want here. And so they, they treated it really as their own little film studio. So they cleared out rooms and the, the laundromat uh, apartment is, not the actual laundromat, well, well, yeah, but the, the apartment is in that old firm. Oh. Um, so pretty much all like the interior things that aren't special effects driven is in that one place. So they had their okay. own little film studio. That's very and, neat. You know, the actors, they, they emptied out old offices and just made like <sighs> little rooms for the actors. So instead of trailers, they had little offices. Huh. That's, that's cool. Because yeah. this is, this is indie. Or yes. Would we classify it as not? I, I would consider this an indie film. I Considering who made it, I would consider it indie yeah. as well. I oh. think, Obviously, having the distributor of A24 kind of helps with that, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's indie. But I would, no, I would I'm, I'm just thinking about. I mean, it, they did have $25 million. Oh, okay, that's a good amount. So, <laughs> I mean, indie movies can also have a large budget. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was thinking about just the, how the production was handled and how yeah, many, how many people were I would, involved. You know, I would say it was indie. Oh, okay. Given what I know about the film, I would say it was indie with a, with a big budget. Got it. So, yeah, they, they used this firm the though i will say they had a very good kind of uh like production vibe so often the actors never really went to their offices they kind of just hung around the monitors mm-hmm. and so they had a very good monitor city culture as they said in an interview and speaking of actors mm-hmm. the lovely lead who plays evelyn michelle, michelle yo Michelle Yo, who I didn't actually really know from anything, but it, I mean, she, I I looked back at what she's done and wowzers! Yeah, yeah, she's in a police story three. She is, yeah. She's yeah. good friends with Jackie Chan. Yes, yeah. Um, in Crouching Tiger. Yeah, so she is a very well-renowned kind of martial artist person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the all the stunt people were always like. Oh, like this is insane. I can't believe I get to work with her. So she did all her own, you know, stunts and stuff and and all that jazz. I I did say to Stefan while we were watching it, there's one bit, it, this is just like one of the bits out of many where she is verse jumping and she uses the sign flipper um like hours technique whatever. Mm-hmm. And she has a keyboard and she's doing it. And you can see it's like actually her doing it. Yeah. And anytime you actually see them doing it, I'm just like that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it has a lot. And I talked about it obviously on Police Story. When you can actually see that the actor is doing the work, it adds so much to it. And there were mm-hmm. so many moments where you could see that they were actually doing stuff. So it was very neat. Yeah. 
it, everyone for the most part did their own work um which was very cool in my opinion because i mean i for me the like you know stunt work is is cool i like fight scenes so that was cool very cool and speaking of jackie chan our mm-hmm. sweet boy yes Stefan, i know you wanted to say something i had heard before miles uh-huh you can confirm or deny, deny this i had heard Jackie Chan was originally eyed for a role in this movie. He was. Supposed to be the lead. You were supposed to be the lead. Michelle Yeoh's character. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be a male version of Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Probably e- Ev. Ev. Evan? Evan? I don't know. Evan. Yeah. Sure. Evan. So he was going to play Evan. No basis for that information, by Ev- the way. Everest. <laughs> yeah. Also works. But I'm going to name all my children after mountains. Anyways. Evanescence. Sounds good. Like uh, Fiji. Mm-hmm. Fiji's a mountain. Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. Denali. Also a mountain. Uh, Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jackie Chan. Yeah, so they, they originally went to Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan said no. He didn't want it. He didn't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So they went to Michelle Yeoh. And Michelle Yeoh was like, oh my God, I love it. Because her thing is she only wants to do movies that one are you know like cool action movies and stuff like that and two movies with really good stories so mm. she she saw this and she was like okay great uh checks all the boxes great asian american representation mm-hmm. right and great like story like good family story so she was in and when this movie eventually did come out uh Jackie Chan was like oh you know congratulations for you know, you're working this movie. But did you, I mean, like, did they ever tell you that they want me first? And Michelle said, lol, yeah, your loss. And then um, she held up an L, put it to her forehead. Yeah. And L plus ratio plus and then And then bad she f- Fortnite good. danced and then pulled out a fat stack of Benjis and, uh-huh. and, and made then it made it rain yeah. on Jackie Chan. No, but like her actual like text is lol, yeah, you're lost. So <laughs> she fucking roasted him. Dead. Which, you know, I think I love Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like police story. I love rush hours, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it to have um an older... Asian American woman as a lead mm-hmm. with this kick ass movie is so not common. Yeah. That it really stands out and I think helps the movie even more. And Michelle Yeoh fucking kills it in this. She yeah. destroyed And I think, you know, Jackie Chan would have killed it and I think it would have been really, really fun to see him in it. Mm-hmm. But also, again, talked about this on the year in review episode at the end of the year. Ki Hui Kwan's performance was my absolute favorite of the year. Yeah. And so knowing that if Jackie Chan had gotten the role, he wouldn't have been in it. I'm very happy that Michelle Yeoh ended up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the choices they made were the correct, the correct decisions. However, in another universe, in, yeah, in another universe, I would have loved to see Jackie Chan in this. It would have been fun if he made in a, like a cameo. As oh, like a different yeah. version of her or something, you yeah. know? Yeah, that would yeah, funny. that, that would actually been funny. Yeah. That'd have been really cool. Like it's just a gender swapped, like yeah. Anyway, because that's, that's yeah, yeah, that would happen. Yeah. And speaking of your favorite, yes, actor, Ki Hui Kwan, Ki Hui Kwan, he had his own little journey. We know mm-hmm. him as Short Round 
from Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. And Data. And Data from the Goonies. Something I will be covering on the podcast kind of soon, probably, actually. Ooh. So keep an eye out for that one. Look at that. So he was a very good actor when he was young. Mm -hmm. But then he entered his 20s, his early 20s. And there was just nothing for him. There was no, you know, like young adult to older Asian American roles in Hollywood at the time. And if there was, it was like, you go in, you're a joke of a character and, you know, you get maybe one or two lines and then you're gone. And so he was at a crossroads and he left. He was done acting. He stepped away from the light and, you know, kind of called it a quits. He came back every now and then to help with, you know, production on, you know, some movies for people. Uh, I know he worked on X-Men. I think he helped do the fighting between Wolverine and Mystique. Hmm. And Yeah, I knew he did a couple of stunt work things. Yeah, so I think he actually played Mystique. Oh, oh interesting. Huh. Yeah. like you know, Mystique, when, when, hold on. Mystique is the blue one? Yeah. yeah. Mystique is the blue naked Lady. girl? Yeah. Okay. But okay. <laughs> just confirming. Yeah, yeah just, just confirming. confirming. But just he never had any... Visualizing that. He never had any big roles. Fast forward, it is, you know, 2021, 20, 2022, around that time. And finally, he's watching movies with more prominent Asian Americans. In them. And so he's like, oh, maybe there is a place for me now, like finally in Hollywood. So he decides to come back and he is offered this script for everything, everywhere, all at once. And he's reading it and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to play. Like, it seems like they're going to have me play the dad. So he's like, okay, you know, I'm in the beginning. And he's flipping pages and he's like, oh, I have a line on this page. Flip, flip, flip. Oh, I... I have a line on this page too. Flip, flip. Oh, I have like a whole thing on this page. And he's realizing like, this is a major part in this movie. And then he's like, this whole movie is about, you know, a, a Chinese family. And so he, he loved it. He's like, I need to be a part of this movie because it, it proves that there's a place for Asian Americans in Hollywood. Everything he was hoping for. Yeah. It was everything that he couldn't have when he was younger. And, you know, 20 years later, it's finally here for him. So he's like, I want to be in it. I, I love it. And the Daniels are like, hell yeah, we want you. Are you kidding me? Do you know how, do you know how to do stunts though? Like, do you know how to, do you know how to do anything? And thankfully, woo, this guy knows Taekwondo. Hell Kung yeah. Fu. Taekwondo. That's a good skill to have. I was in karate as a kid. Might have been karate. I was in karate and then, um. I was playing Monopoly. I was playing SpongeBob Monopoly with my sister once, and she cheated and locked herself in the bathroom, and I kicked a hole in the door. <laughs> what? With, with my karate skills. Wait, did you actually? I, this is a 100% real story. You um, kicked a hole through a door? Yeah, I mean, I, had, I guess I had some, some doors are weak. But... I had some anger issues, oh which, my God. you know, karate teaches you discipline, which I did not have. <laughs> so, um, This fucking guy. Look, <laughs> Kyle. I, I swear, I, if, if I stayed in karate... I, I could have been like a I could have been a stunt man. <laughs> I love the monkey. I was all over the place. I if if I had direction and I stayed, I'd be on the silver screen right now. Damn. Um okay. <laughs> I like the confidence that you had. I, a different... uh, I I'm so confident. Mm -hmm. Um He could do it. One thing I wanted to say is obviously, yes, I love Ki Hu One thing our, I... our poor white mouths are incapable. Ki Hui Kwan. 
Um, one thing I want to say is I think it was he was watching Crazy Rich Asians, and that's when he was like, mm. "Holy oh, yeah. shit!" Which has Good. Michelle Yeoh. It does, yeah. So I think I think it was that movie that he was watching that he that he remembered, and then I also um, I saw like an acceptance speech. He's won many awards for this movie, and mm-hmm. obviously hoping Oscar that'd be really cool for him. That'd be pretty neat. Um, yeah, his again was... favorite performance of 2022. Um, but he was talking about how he'd pretty much yeah given up, and he said that the Daniels gave him the the three words that every actor wants to hear, which is "We want you, we want you, we we want you," mm-hmm. and. Uh, in another article that I read, actually this morning, it just happened to pop up on my feed. Oh, shit. Um, he was talking about how he just gets so emotional and he like, cries all the time just because he's so thankful for the, oh, all the opportunities mm-hmm. and like this kind of chance for a comeback. And I'm just like, this man is so pure. He is. Pure. He just is perfect for women. Oh my so God. I, watching the interviews that he does, He's such a nice man. Mm-hmm. He's so sweet. I want to just yeah. give him a hug. Oh. We're, we're seeing a very similar thing with Brendan Fraser. 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 I knew I messed it up, but I thought maybe you wouldn't correct me because you loved me, but it turns <laughs> out to be wrong. It's because in... Okay. The reason I corrected you uh, is because... Because in you the hate thing me and you need to always be right. Adam Sandler says Fraser and Brendan Fraser corrects him and says it's Fraser like Razor. If it makes you feel better, I wouldn't have corrected you. Anyways, because I don't know the difference. Way, way to undermine that, you know, man's achievement. And so I was also going to say, I watched a man watch Crazy Rich Asians on the plane. He'd watch it for 10 minutes, skip ahead 10 <laughs> minutes and watch it for 10 minutes and skip ahead 10 minutes. And it infuriated me. That's weird that he it did was, that. And then he, he would move on to another movie and watch like half of it and then jump to another movie. And I was like, what? what a weird like, guy. I, it was like he was trying to upset me. So another person in this movie is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. From... Halloween. Halloween. Yes. I didn't know. Also, can you guys... You covered it. Can you guys tell that I'm trying really hard not to pop my P's and B's? I am trying so hard. I hope it works. flying on a That's why I'm like talking quieter and kind of talking this way. Anyway. So Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. She really liked the character of the IRS lady. Oh, she's perfect for it. She was just like, yeah. Um, she, she like, okay, so she says that she didn't need to understand the movie to understand her character. She needed to understand the character to understand the movie, which is essentially her saying the movie was batshit crazy, but I like the IRS lady. <laughs> so she got it. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I'm in. I love it. I want to be part of this. I do have one request. And so she went to. The lead costume designer, Shirley Kurata, and was like, hey, here's a costume that I did for one of my other roles. Can I just use that? Can I just like wear that costume? Because I think it would really work for this character. Do you know what the movie was? No. Okay. They never said it. They just said that it was a prior movie of hers. Hmm. Interesting. So. I want to see it. Just because like obviously her posture and like the gut and stuff, like I want to see what it looks like. Because she. She specifically wanted kind of it to all hang out in a way, if, yes. you, if you will. She was like, yeah, you know, I wanted to you know, feel like she's just a lady doing her job. She doesn't. It's very real. It's very natural. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to like point out things because it feels weird. But like, yeah, it'd be like, oh, when she bent over, you could see like her underwear under the pants. And, you know, it was, it was yeah. all very like, like, I felt like, oh, yeah, I'd see this at the DMV or something, you know. She's she's brushing uh, like cookie crumbs off her tit, just like mm-hmm. just. 
yeah, not holding anything mm. back. The gut, obviously. It's just yeah. the physique works so perfectly for it. Yeah, and so this is, it was kind of like a two-part thing with, I guess a three-part thing with Jamie Lee Curtis, Shirley Carada, and the Daniels. Hmm. Because the Daniels wanted everything that wasn't, you know, this crazy martial arts multiverse thing to just feel real. They just wanted hmm. to feel like you were looking at this yes family that ran a laundromat and all the costumes they were telling Shirley we want all the costumes to just feel normal if you don't mind me jumping in here yeah go for it something we were talking about was the production design specifically in the apartment it was like it was so messy it it felt so lived in so real yeah whereas in a lot of movies and stuff everything looks clean and there's no like dust that's Mm -hmm. something I always look for is there's there's no dust Everyone has dust. Unless you, you clean all the time, you're going to have dust. But the apartment, it looked, it looked very real. Yeah. And one thing with the, the apartment is the Daniels worked really closely with the lighting department because they wanted that feeling of a low ceiling. So in a lot of mm. movies, you get high ceilings so they can put lights, right. so they can top light things. And the Daniels were like, no, we need this apartment to feel kind of small and tight and we want to see that popcorn ceiling. So please let us have lights that, you know, make this room feel like just a room. And when they were talking to Shirley Karata to get this job in the first place, one of the things that really sold them on her was that she loves what she calls boomer chic. Okay, I think I think I can understand what she means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. which is just like, you know, what um, Evelyn wears is just like, I guess, boomer chic. Kind of like what you expect a middle-aged mom to wear. In in like the final scene when uh, she she has the, like the heart to heart with Joy and she gives her a hug the the like the cardigan she's wearing on the back says I think punk on it mm-hmm. which is very fun yeah mm-hmm. oh you're right yeah and so that's that's the other part that uh, that Shirley was able to do so the Daniels basically said okay we know for a fact we want the normal costumes to kind of have this feel go buck fucking wild the rest <laughs> of the time I. Y- the the costumes are insane, specifically for Joy. Yeah, insane. Yes. Yeah. So you get the <laughs> Elvis costume. Mm-hmm. You have when everything is like finally coming to a head, and she's about to get sucked into the bagel, and it's just like Picasso art on her face, and her hair is yeah. frizzy, and it's just like colorful, and there's different fabrics. I mean, like e- even the, the, there's bits where you know she like flicks her hands, and it switches like six outfits within two seconds. You're like, oh, that, just making the outfits to do that it's taking so much time. Evelyn's dress for when she's the movie star is yeah. stunning. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. It's so yeah. beautiful. I'm not a, I don't know anything about dresses, but yeah, I'm not a dress person, but like, yeah, it looked really good. <laughs> it looked, it was a really good, dazzling dress. Yeah. <laughs> Like a mushroom around mm-hmm. your Just like legs. A so Shirley, who was in charge of all the costumes, who was the, the you know, lead costume designer, didn't fucking know what the movie was. Barely understood the movie. Like most people when they were reading the script, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Because she'd be like, there's five fucking costumes in one fucking... There's a, there's a single line that just says she switches costumes six goddamn times. What, what day are we on? What part of the script are we doing? So, I like the accent you've given her. <laughs> Thank you. She, dude, if you watch, uh, kind of like behind the scenes stuff. Which we will be linking in the show notes. Which you will be linking in the show notes. She looks like Edna Mose. Oh, Edna Mose. 
voiced by Brad Bird. Like you'll watch it and you're like, that dad. No that's from Incredibles, that's the, by the way. That's the costume designer for the Incredible. So she does a very good job. Did very well. She was worried because um, Michelle Yeoh is such this amazing figure. She was worried that when it came time to give her some of the crazier costumes, like the pizza costume and, and all these really goofy things that Michelle would be like, no, I don't, I don't want to wear that. But Michelle was like, oh, yeah, of course. She works at a pizza place. She's going to wear a giant pizza with a pizza hat. I'm in the character already. I'm in the character. I'm in. I'm in. So I'm in. That was a, a big concern. But so surely Karata wasn't the only people that, person that had uh, concerns for, you know, Michelle Yo. The makeup artists also were kind of scared of what they had to do because they said that, you know, Michelle is a very beautiful person. Mm-hmm. She's done all these amazing movies. She looks gorgeous in all of them. But for this movie, she needs to look older. She needs to look worn in and tired mm. and her hair's going to be everywhere and, and all this and that. So they were worried that she wasn't going to want to look older. Like and, too haggard. Too, yeah, haggy. Haggy? Haggard. You can't call her a hag. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were you like, dirty old <laughs> but yeah so they were like oh we don't want to do this this is sad so everyone was very sad they had to make michelle look old and tired so much so that michelle's assistant kit was apparently her assistant's name was not pleased on day one when she saw michelle in her full costume with the wig with all the like you know gray the hairs, gray hairs and yeah. It was everywhere and the makeup making her look old and tired. And she was like, you can't do this. Like, you actually need to stop. Like, we can't have Michelle looking like this. And then the first dailies came in for that first day. And the Daniels were basically like, no, fuck off. We have to. This looks amazing. This is exactly what we wanted. And Michelle was like, yeah, well, this looks great. Let's keep going. So Michelle fought to look tired. Mm. I understand it, though. If you were, you know, looking at like statue of david and someone was like all right i'm gonna you know put some black paint right here and here it'd be like hold on this is me saying michelle yo is very pretty mm-hmm. yes yeah also can i just put in a quick side note michelle yo came to my school oh, shit. and they did a screening of everything everywhere all at once followed by a q a and like a discussion with her and i couldn't go to it oh fuck. and i was so bummed and yeah. it would have been so well, cool mariah you'll be happy to know <laughs> we got her right here, here. Come on in, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Michelle. Yeah. Oh my God, Michelle. Yo, how are you? It's, it's great to have you here. Oh, I'm gonna jump out the window now. <laughs> no, no, Michelle. Yo. Oh. oh, there she goes. Well, it was really nice having oh, her. Shit, she's just booking it now. She's, she's, she's got a very busy schedule. She, wow. That was the. Oh my. Most. She's robbing that car. Uh, oh my. Uh, oh my. Michelle. Mich- Michelle. Yo. M- more like Michelle. No. Don't rob uh-huh. that car. She's gone. <laughs> okay. She stole the car. That was girl boss. Girl, she just girl bossed straight through the apartment. <laughs> I, the, listeners aren't going to believe what just happened. That was <laughs> insane. Haters going to say it was fake. Oh my God. But yeah, uh, costumes and hair and makeup were very sad that w- what they had to do. Except for probably the parts where they made her look beautiful for the, the, the like, the movie star, the movie star mm-hmm. stuff. Which, wowzer, she did look good. But. When they were making this movie, of course, as we know, there's a bunch of different realities. And it was so hectic all the time that it often came down to 
what they called like jazz filmmaking. So you would have, you know, one department uh, working on costume and they would have their solo. They would, you know, make the costumes and then makeup would see the costume and go, okay, we're going to riff off of what they did and do this to, you know, work with that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, set dressing would see what they did and work on their bit and then someone else would see what they did and they would all kind of like they had to do their own things because the shooting schedule was they filmed this whole thing in 40 days so all right everyone's like doing their best to work on what they had to do and they didn't really communicate much besides like quick things here and there like you know we're gonna look at what we did real quick base it off of this and then the other departments go and do their own thing uh and one Thing that they had to they kind of like cut corners on was the set dressers got very good at uh what they called like um set dressing for depth of field mm. and so in the irs section there's the foreground the midground and the background yeah there's so a lot of cubicles. cubicles right so they can't possibly set dress everything mm-hmm so what they did is for the first couple rows of cubicles, there were, you know, plants, photos. Uh, speaking of plants and photos, Jamie Lee Curtis actually brought her own props. Mm. So her desk is all Jamie Lee Curtis. Huh. Minus assuming the butt plug awards. Yeah, the butt plugs were probably placed there. I don't think she has those. I don't think she had best auditor awards. Yeah, I don't think so. As I do, though. They're on my... Yeah. Yeah, they're right over there. We're looking at them right now. Mm-hmm. Best that, one, that one looks pretty large. A little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are talking about the same one. <laughs> but uh, children. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so the first couple cubicles completely set dressed, working computers with graphics on them. A couple rows past that, they have less set dressing. They have monitors with just cardboard cutouts on the screen with like graphics on it. So they're not actually on. And then a couple rows past that, it's just black foam core taped to the corner of the desk to make it look like screens are off. Mm. So, you know, as you get further in the depth of field, you're not focusing as much on those things and it gets blurry. Insanely busy. And- yeah. Hmm. Very fun. So that's kind of one workaround that the set dressers did to make this place feel insanely big without having to spend an insanely large amount on all of the set dress. That's very cool. That's clever. So they they did a little bit on that. And so as kind of filming goes along, they're having to figure out how are we going to make all these places feel different? Because they're jumping through so many universes. Yeah. That if they don't make them feel different, then it's all going to become one blurry mess. Yes. So they're filming and they are constantly giving stuff over to their colorist, their camera department and being like, okay, you need to color grade this to look this way. You need to kind of make this look like it's film grained. They almost shot in every kind of aspect ratio. Yes. Oh, okay. They were off with IMAX. That's the only one they don't have. Mm. Mm, Okay. That makes sense. Every other. Makes sense. Yeah. So they used every kind of camera, every aspect ratio, except for IMAX. And they, huh. looking back, they're like, well, we really wish we could have had the chance to do that. But, yeah. You know, it's IMAX, so it's a pain in the ass to do. Yes. But they, I think they did an amazing job for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, they noted that, you know, even if these differences 
are just kind of in film lingo, like, you know, horror movies feel this way and, and, and romance movies kind of had that, like that one shot where it's really low frame rate. Um, as people mm, like pass by, yeah, yeah. Wong Kar Wai, yes, yeah. Wong Kar Wai inspired for sure. Yeah, so well, so that's one part is it got to the point where they were trying to do so many different things. They were like, okay, well, let's how do we replicate? Can we replicate Matrix as closely as possible? Mm. Can we recreate you know this comedy that we really like? Can we recreate this movie and this movie and this movie? So they they saw it as kind of like a way to challenge themselves, and they said that you know even if the audience doesn't perceive these differences deep down as as film watchers they they understand that these are different worlds yeah so the difference might only be you know lighting and some color grading but as an audience we go okay we know that to be a comedy this is a different universe mm-hmm. so i they put a lot of effort into that and i think it really kind of comes through mm-hmm. yes final. absolutely because even if like yeah, you you don't know all these like film lingos, like aspect ratios and all this and that. You can still tell it's a different film style. Yeah, yeah. I think the way you're talking about them going about it of mimicking other things is the way to go about it because I feel like it'd be harder to try and come up with how you want to distinguish it. Yeah. Whereas if you're looking at something else that has already done its work to distinguish itself from other work, just mimicking that is much easier than it's quicker to identify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is now time because you know. Production, of course, went on fairly smoothly. So I, I did forget to mention Ki Hui Kwan, uh, a martial artist known for his kind of like hands and feet work. Uh, hey. Well, because, okay, in an interview, he was like, you know, the, the karate is mostly like hands and feet. Okay. And they're like, okay, well, here's a fanny bag, fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Do kind of like Bruce Lee type shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. But so he would he would go home and practice in his house with this like, you know, fanny pack stretch out to seven feet. And he was like whipping it around and doing all this stuff, like practicing for the role. And his wife got so mad at him <laughs> because he was whipping shit around and breaking stuff. And so that's just a little tidbit about that. I like that. He, hmm. he was the only one that I heard of that like really had a kind of a stunt double. He did a lot of his own work. Every now and then there is a stunt double of his with his face deep faked onto it. There was actually one part when he's doing the fanny pack bit that I did notice because he's like spinning around on the floor. And I was like, that is not him. Yeah. I could, I noticed that, but that's mm-hmm. because I was specifically looking for it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Uh, the visual effects in this movie. There we go. Yes. You have probably heard some rumors that this movie had a very small VFX of six people. Yeah. So they were six dudes, uh, all kind of working together that's to true the visual effects that's true then it is true the rumors so, are true the rumors are true it was six dudes the rumor that they learned vfx for this movie not true oh, i was gonna say if that was the rumor then like they got good really quick <laughs> yeah so i know a couple people were saying that you know they learned special effects specifically for this movie okay mm. the lead vfx artist zach stolt uh, is good friends with the daniels they kind of they went through college together and all of the VFX artists kind of knew each other. Mm. And they learned, they didn't go to school for VFX. They I learned see. VFX out of necessity through college and, and through the short films that they worked on together. Right. And so while not professionally trained, they did, they were all self-taught. Mm-hmm. And they used Cinema 4D. Okay. 
Blender. Okay. Free. After Effects. Uh, and Red Giant Tools, which is kind of just plugins for After Effects. Among some other like niche programs specifically for like, you know, fluid sins and, and this and that. But the giant bagel. The giant bagel. The giant bagel. Everything giant bagel. The throbbing. depression bagel. Mm-hmm. The throbbing depression bagel. Blender. Blender. Oh, Damn. like the donut. Yeah. They did a, they did a bagel tutorial. It, oh. <laughs> okay. For those not in the know, not Mariah because she knows how Blender works. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Blender is like a free software. You can do 3D modeling yeah. and a bunch of other things. Yeah. And, Blender uh, is amazing. One, one of the first things you can find online and like learning how to do it is there's this tutorial on how to make a donut because it, it just like walks you through a lot of the basic tools of the mm-hmm. program that's it it's just like the the simplest thing you can do yeah is like make the donut pretty much anyone going into blender makes the first thing they google is you know blender tutorial and the blender guru youtube channel comes up and it's the donut tutorial we're just making a joke about you know I don't need to fucking explain yeah. that. Yeah. The, 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 the frog is dead. Between donuts and bagels, you get it. But yeah. all that to say, butthole. Butthole. Put it through the bagel. Oh. But <laughs> bagel buttholes, they're the same thing, right? We should open Whoa. a shop where we uh, sell bagel buttholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, cu- I'm going to call it Stephanie's <laughs> Big Feet Shop. Come in and buy my bagel buttholes. No. Oh. <laughs> Yes, it's me with no, oh, my God. face and my big feet. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah! But all this, my parents listen to my this. toes are gonna be <laughs> wiggling on the like, sign. <laughs> all this to say, these were just dudes that learned special effects on their own using programs that are easy to get. Mm-hmm. Blender is absolutely free. After Effects is free if you steal it, which I can't. <gasps> I can't condone you steal it, but I definitely know that there are ways to steal it. One there goes program, our Adobe sponsorship. One program that is free that they also used is DaVinci Resolve. Uh, they did all their color grading in DaVinci Resolve, free software, cannot condone it enough or promote it enough. <sighs> recommend. Yeah. I can't recommend it enough. Um, it also has, it has an amazing VFX section in it. But, you know, I, I think it means a lot that Mm-hmm. This whole movie was just made up by dudes. I would classify that alone as an indie film. Yeah, looking at how they approach the VFX. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of you know going back to when we were saying like, is this an indie film? Yeah, I think this is why it's an indie film. Yeah, is that they just got their friends together and were like, hey, you guys know visual effects because you know throughout the years you've had to do things for your own things. Let's you know make this movie together. And when they were doing the visual effects, it they had a, a very good philosophy, in my opinion. And so here's, here's an exact quote from one of the Daniels. And it's kind of long, so bear with me here. We wanted to make sure everything was a solid B first. Then, if we had time, we could go back and take things to an A or A-plus level, as needed and desired. Mm. With so many effects and so few people and so little money and time, you have to prioritize certain, certain things and be strategic about asking where the diminishing returns come in. It wasn't just go until it's perfect. It was go until it's good enough, and then let's choose the things that we want to make perfect. Mm. That's like when they do triage in a military hospital. They figure out like what wounds are more dire mm-hmm. and which ones can wait. Interesting comparison. It is a very interesting comparison, but also very accurate. Yeah. But yeah, so it wasn't, you know, because with a lot of like Hollywood movies, it's 
perfect, perfect, perfect. They run out of budget. Shit, 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 shit. Shit, shit, garbage. Terrible. Back to perfect. Back to perfect because they, yeah, did this. So they were like, okay, we need everything to be a solid B. We're just going to make all the effects work. And then the big, amazing production stuff that we know is going to be really important, we'll go back and we'll fix. That's a good philosophy. Yeah. I I also believe that to be. I think that's a good philosophy for a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And kind of one of my, my last. My last two things, because again, this is all just kind of fun facts. Yeah. The Rock, mm-hmm. the Rock universe mm-hmm. uh, originally was going to have dialogue, mm-hmm. like speaking dialogue. Uh, but Michelle suggested that it was all subtitles and the Daniels went with it. It works it very well. Very good decision. So yeah, you can thank Michelle for that wonderful well, decision. You know, I would have thanked her, but she already, she she already ran out. busted out and broke my window. Yeah. yeah. Robbed that guy. So. Yeah. God. Next time mm. she comes through, I'll thank her. Mm. Yeah. Next time she comes through, I'm hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust her anymore. So, yeah, they also, like, obviously, they bought the rocks, but they went to, like, a rock store, and they sifted through, like, piles of rocks to get those two rocks. I, I mean, I would do that, oh. too. Yeah. I'd want, like, like, the yeah, best one. They just went to two rocks. They bought them. They did uh, casting uh, calls for rocks. Rocks yeah. showed up. Mm-hmm. They brought a bag of googly eyes, though. So they could like, okay, let's get this rock. What, what would it look like? What would it look like with googly eyes? So just imagine like some dudes going around putting googly eyes on your rocks and be like, nah, not this one. Taking the googly eyes, putting it back. Yeah, imagine you own a rock, you know, shop mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're failing rock shop and your mom is sick and you're barely holding it together. Oh and then God. one day these guys come in and they're putting googly eyes in your rocks and you're like, I can't take it. Yeah. The behind the scenes, because this is like kind of like a behind the scenes thing that they have on the Blu-ray. It's so goofy because it's just like the Daniels vlogging each other mm-hmm. as they're just like going about their day. And so there's one part where they're all just kind of hanging out outside of one of their houses and they're like, you know, like fucking vlogger style phone far away. And they're like, what's up guys? We're color grading and doing all this. <laughs> and another Daniel is just like on his skateboard, just like fucking hanging out. And they're like, yeah, we're doing, we're working really hard. We're, you know, doing a lot of busy work. There's another one where they like, they peek into the the editor's room and they're like, "Hey man, like, how's it going? What's your favorite part of the movie?" And he's like, "I'm too busy for this." And they're like, "His favorite part is he's too busy." <laughs> I I've seen one behind the scenes video where I think Jamie Lee Curtis is leading people in like stretches in the yeah. office, and it's yeah. very funny. Yeah, she does lead the stretches. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, when this movie was first coming out, mm-hmm. they kept the script and the plot very under wraps. So the official imdb synopsis for this movie when before it came out a woman tries to do her taxes huh she does and she does do her taxes the taxes really are the uh the fulcrum Mm -hmm. of the whole story yeah more than anything i think it's about taxes yeah all this stuff about you know loving your family and and finding joy through the void of everything wouldn't have happened without taxes it wouldn't have happened without but Love your government. Obey. Do what obey, they say. Obey. 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 Listen to your papa. <laughs> They're not going to get that. But yeah, that's that's it. Are you going to talk about the release Ooh. at all or no? The what? The release. Like just how it fucking killed it at the box office. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I guess I can't good. talk about that. It's yeah. celebrated. When this movie came out, I, I remember we went and watched it. Yes. We watched it in the theaters, and boy, oh boy, am I very glad that we watched it in the theaters. Great theater movie. Quite mm-hmm. the cinematic experience. Yeah. So this movie had a budget of $25 million. Mm-hmm. 
it made $101,102,740. That's good. Pretty damn good. That's yeah. good. So it has fucking crushed it. It has mm-hmm. done so good. It is my favorite movie, as we all know. My favorite movie of the year. Uh, and as of this point, we don't know, but hoping to see some noms. Yes, especially However, obviously for Ki Huy Kwan. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he deserves it. Although, I think everyone in this movie deserves it. Yes, as we know, Oscars are just awards. Yeah, they don't mean anything. They let them dictate what you like or don't like, but also deserves a recognition. You know, Wait. oh boy, do I hope that man gets a little golden bald man. Oh my god, me too. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, I remember you know watching it when it came out because it was like April, which you know for a movie to come out in April and then still you know, all this time later, still be just fucking mm. held on this high pedestal and get all these Oscar, um, all this Oscar talk is really cool. Cause obviously most of the time now movies release later in the year that want mm. Oscars. And I think it goes to show that this like didn't really necessarily have huge expectations. That was never their goal to win Oscars or anything like that, but it was just this huge sensation. And it's yep. a phenomenal story. Um, like we said, we watched in theaters together. One of the best theater experiences I've oh, had yeah. mm-hmm. in recent years. I mean, I mean, with COVID, I didn't go to the theaters for a while. But like, mm-hmm. just an, a, a, like, especially, you know, those moments with all the VFX and, and stunts. Uh, there's that one part where she switches through like all the different um, like multiverses. Mm-hmm. And it's just like she's centered and it goes through. I don't even know how many it goes through. Like in yes. like two seconds. Yeah. Absurd. And thinking again about how they shot this in 40 days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that alone is like two seconds Mm-hmm. of film and i'm like how many setups was that yeah a lot of costumes uh yeah yeah crazy um but yeah i just think it's really cool that you know it helped revitalize ki Huy kwan's career specifically yes. um it got people talking about michelle yo again um it got people talking about asian american leads and how they're not represented enough in cinema um it i mean <laughs> Stephen was saying this when we were watching this if this gets nominated this is one of the most absurd Oscar-nominated... It, it would be the, one of the most mm-hmm. absurd Oscar-nominated films in recent history with some of the goofy... I mean, a man turns to confetti and dies. There's obviously There's, the they auditor... They butt plugs. I mean, yeah. the he fact that... He fights with a butt plug out of his butt. <laughs> the, and his pants are off for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. The fact that like that could happen in a movie and audiences connect with it so much and then it gets nominated for Oscars, it's just like incredible. And I'm so glad that you know it performed as well as it did because it definitely deserves it. Um, well, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, it was like one thing I like about this movie, and I think what I mean, I could be wrong in suggesting this, but w- with its very silly tone and how fun it is, and also our characters being, you know, just very humble people, mm-hmm. I feel like it appeals to like a lower class. Yes. To people like me, you know, I can relate to it. Not that I own a laundromat and stuff, but it's like, this it feels like I'm I'm being represented on the screen in terms of you know the struggles and the issues that they're having, mm-hmm. and and the comedy is silly. It's not trying to be something over my head or hard. It's like appealing to me, and it's funny, and it's not afraid to be silly. And I really like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people uh, connect to that. Yeah, I just love how like even throughout all of this, which by God, the what joy goes through is absolutely horrifying. The idea that you are aware for every single universe version yeah. of you. Horrifying. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all like be with your family, you know, yeah. take joy in, in, in this madness that we call life. Are we are we at the discussion part? I think I think yeah, we've entered we it. Can I can I okay, so there's a very 
I found a quote from the director. Okay. I, I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. Sorry, I just um, looked at Stefan's notes on notes. his phone. There's a quote from the director. One of the things I really like about this movie is one way you can interpret it is the internet. Oh. And Daniel. <laughs> which one? Figure out which one. <laughs> Sheenhart, Sheinhart, Sheinhart? Yeah, Sheinhart. He, he, he's quoted as saying, we've talked a lot about what it's like to have grown up with the internet and how that has exasperated the typical generational divide and what it feels like for everyone, no matter how old you are, to live right now with the internet. So that's one of the key metaphors was just like, we wanted the maximalism of the movie to connect with what it's like to scroll through the infinite amount of stuff. And I, I really like that um, interpretation. One of the reasons I like this movie a lot is it is very silly. And yes, it's about like love and stuff, but it's, it's also commenting on a very modern problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think any good piece of work does that. You know, it, it makes a comment. It makes a message on what's going on in society today. And I do think it very accurately um, shows what it's like to be on the internet because you know you one moment you're scrolling you're seeing big floppa the wonderful <laughs> big exotic cat and then you're like oh there's war footage of a man blowing up and then you scroll and you're like oh that's a mid snl sketch and then you scroll and you're like oh another cat mm-hmm. and it's just like you're you're being thrown wildly from like one emotion to another and you're seeing so many things um and you know i think over time this has a very negative effect on you and I think that's sort of metaphorically speaking, what happens to joy, you know, the jumping in the clay pot metaphor is like you're, you're exposed on the Internet from youth and you see all of these things. Eventually, you just it it messes with you. Mm-hmm. You know, me personally, I'm like, I I feel very desensitized and very existential. And that's and that's the point of the movie is, you know, at least for joy is the existentialism. Nothing matters. You know, that's the conclusion she comes to is that like. What's the point? I don't get it. And what I think is really beautiful is there's a moment where Evelyn comes to the same conclusion. She's like, nothing matters. And she starts spiraling down. And then um, that montage with Waylon or Waymond, Waymond. Um, where she was like, oh, nothing matters except for the love of my family. And I think that was just a very beautiful conclusion to come to. And I think this sort of manic depression you see often related to the internet is coming about a lot more lately. I would say Bo Burnham's inside is mm-hmm. one other really big example is there's just this like manic emptiness appearing in a lot of people and their psychology and their mentality. And I think this is a really good exploration of that. That's what I have to say. I wish I could piggyback, but holy crap, that was perfect. Yeah. That was, oh, I mean, yeah, you still, like that was all I can thanks. say is like, yeah, I've experienced the exact same thing with my time on the internet is just like so much it's stuff it's everything everywhere. everywhere all at once all at once um much like the bo burnham song about the internet or mm. he's talking about how the internet can i interest you in everything all of the yeah. time a little bit of everything all of the time well and even when you know i was talking about this this sort of like depressive mania that we get um I think is what his song, you know, that funny feeling. Mm-hmm. It's it's that funny feeling, you know, when you just you're, you're just sort of out of your head, you know, that sort of disassociation from experiencing everything. Yeah. And also, if that- I were the director, I would also make myself a gimp who gets slapped on the ass. The ball gag. <laughs> the ball gag. Yeah. I would do the same. Yeah, that is, in case uh, you didn't catch that, that is one of the directors. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the, the Daniels. That's the cameo he decided on. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a champ. Yeah. What an absolute champion. Yep. 
You think- That's Shinert. Yes. Um, okay, for me, things that I want to talk about, I'm not going to be as deep as Stefan was. Apologies. Okay. Um, I just want to say, from a writing standpoint, the beginning is amazing. It throws you in immediately. The, the moving masters that they do in the moving camera energize the movie immediately. Um, it doesn't stay still, and that's because all the characters aren't staying still, and there's so much happening. And I like the way that they use that as exposition to have Joy talking with her girlfriend about a certain thing, and then it cuts back to Evelyn dealing with a certain thing, and then Wayman dealing with a certain thing, and everything is just happening. It's very chaotic. I've always, <laughs> you know, I have a big family. I've I've experienced that where like shit is happening all the time, and you're just like ah, <laughs> you mm. know. Um, also, like almost immediately, it shows on the CCTV cameras Wayman snap like kind of first jumping. Um, so if you had no idea what the movie was right away, you're kind of hooked. You're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. So you don't think, oh, it's just a family drama. Cause it's, that's not just what it is. Um, second time around the hot dog finger bit is still so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so good. They come ketchup and mustard. <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, the, wait, the, is it not supposed to be red? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, oh. One, okay, I'm ignoring that. One of the bits that the, one of the little details that I like is obviously Jamie Lee Curtis's character Deidre. She has like the wrist brace on, and in the hot dog universe, mm-hmm. she has the brace on her foot because that's what they use to like play piano and that kind of stuff. She plays Claire de Lune beautifully. Anyway, um, but oh no, I'm going to talk about Kihui Kwan again. Surprise, surprise. Our um, boy, our sweet boy. My my favorite part of the movie is after he's been stabbed by Evelyn Mm -hmm. and he's just begging people to be nice and his like lip is quivering and he's like crying and at the same time it's cutting back to that other universe where Evelyn is the actress and it's doing the Wong Kar Wai bit and he says, even though you have broken my heart uh, like yet again, in another life I would have loved doing laundry and taxes with you. My favorite moment. Mm -hmm. And I think jumping back and forth from him looking, you know, fine as hell with his hair slicked back, like smoking a cigarette out in the alley, to then him pleading that we just need kindness. After he's been stabbed by his wife and just saying, like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like it's my fault. And I was like, I just want to give that man a hug. Mm, he and he's just, it. like, the kindest person. <laughs> um, he's so he's so good in this role. And that is just my favorite moment of the film. Um yeah, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And yeah. oh my god, I mean, the editing. Alone oh my god, yeah, is yeah. so good. It's a masterclass in editing. Yeah, I mean the I love the part where Joy is like, you know, she puts her finger up and she's like turning the dial. Yeah, and it's switching between all the different universes as she's turning it. Yeah, and just like when it, you know, when. Every little bit where it's like like she's trying to figure out what pile to put the paper on and then it splits in two and yeah. oh my god, like the the time and effort they put in to make this movie feel so vast mm. and yet so precise in a way. The match cuts are yeah. insane. The match cuts are insane. And as an editor, like match cuts are a blessing and a curse. Because in a way, you know, it's it's these guiding lines. You know that this is going to cut to this. So 
a lot of the the puzzle of editing is solved for you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can be really restricting because this has to go with this. And if it doesn't, and if it doesn't, then you have to do it again until you got it a works. Bad puzzle. But the the sheer amount of times that they are able to not only pull it off, but pull it off so seamlessly and smoothly that as an audience you don't even kind of recognize it at times mm. is great. Like the actual, you know, production and, and stuff of this movie is just it's so evident that these are people who really care about the movie that they were making. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And every everything from choosing who plays who and the set dressing and the editing and the color grading and all these choices. I mean, the Daniels and everyone a part of that team just like making movies. And I feel like, you know, we get so many movies that just come out of Hollywood and they're, you know, the spectacle is great. Yeah. I feel like all the movies we have talked about on this podcast where it's just people making movies because they love making movies. Those are the ones that we all love. Those stand out because, yeah, blockbusters might make a lot of money, but. But it's like. I, there's. I, I do think the passion when someone makes this movie, you know, makes its way through onto the screen in, in sort of a weird, invisible way, and you can pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, along with any, you know, form of art, you know, that, that passion is really important. Mm-hmm. And it's really good here. Also multiverse has been a thing that's obviously like gotten yeah, very popular yeah they killed this it. is the end all best all, one i think this i mean as you guys know I, I i i saw multiverse of madness a long time ago and i talked about how me as well you like you yeah they go through universes but they're just so barely different you get that one montage where they're like jumping through all the, the ones and it's just in that one, it's, you see all these universes. It's a quick montage. It's a tiny bit in a larger movie. Mm-hmm. But in this, the multiverse is the movie. It yeah. relies. It, relies it, it does it so much better than any other multiverse movie I've seen. And it's just by two fucking guys that made a man fart like a boat. Goals, goals, goals. <laughs> like, I, I have a question for you guys. Which verse is your favorite in the movie? Mm. Uh, mm. If you have one. Easily place one. There's so many, so many. I mean, obviously, Rakakuni's funny. Rakakuni is very funny. funny. Mm-hmm. I like how just obviously a puppet the raccoon is. Yeah, it is just. But a it puppet. works. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I like the Rock Universe. Yeah, I think I think it's a great because it's it's very um kind of Miyazaki in a way because mm. Miyazaki in his movies he tries to add a section of just calm mm-hmm. in the right. storm of his movies. I, I was thinking that when we were watching it, I was like, this the rock bit is really good because it's after the inundation of just visual stimuli, mm-hmm. you just stop. Yeah. So I think this, it is just like, it's an oasis in, in this, you know, because Joy even says it, it's, it's mm-hmm. her place where she can go because there's nothing there. Uh, and I just like how, not only is it a great like emotional and energy shift, but it's it's where they like really talk as as mother and daughter, and mm-hmm. I think it it serves a lot for the movie. I think my favorite one is the strong pinky, um, kung fu. Oh yeah, the Smash Bros sound. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I noticed mm-hmm. that. 
I noticed it too because I'm such a gamer. Yeah. Oh, God. Mariah is the biggest gamer I know. She only plays NES. She has tendonitis in every finger. Mm -hmm. From all that gaming. gaming. But I I think I like that one. Yeah. What's it going? I mean, like hot dog fingers, obviously phenomenal. But I think the the muscle pinky is pretty pretty good. Mm -hmm. But you, Stefan, do you have one or? I don't know if I have one. Mm, Boring. Okay. Well, I, I, bet you're I mean, ma- I kind of said Rakakuni already. Oh, yeah, Rakakuni, I guess that's true. So we'll do that one. Cool. Yeah. That's, oh, rating. Yeah. What would we all rate this movie? What would I rate this movie? What would I rate this movie? Stefan, you have a little song you want to sing about rating? What would we rate this movie? What would we rate this movie? All right, we'll do that every time we rate a movie now. Nice. Awesome. I can't wait. Who wants to go first? Mariah does. Mariah, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. This movie. Gosh, if you haven't already heard from us, it we all fucking love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm going to give it a 9.5 butt plug awards out of 10. It is insanely good. It is a masterclass in almost everything. But I think the more we do these like uh ratings i'm kind of more and more on stefan's side of tens should be reserved for movies that like absolutely change your life and Mm -hmm. as absolutely amazing as this movie is it did not change my life so gave it a 9.5 so yeah a 9.5 which is as close as i can get before i'm like this is the magnum opus of all film ever right um yeah, I give it 9 out of 10 throbbing bagels. Big throbbing bagels. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very good. It is, watching it in theaters, you know, I did, it, it strikes emotion to me, you know? Not a lot of movies get me to, like, really feel what's going on. This one actually got me to, like, feel what's happening. Um, it's very fun. It's very absurd, unexpected. I like that. I do have, like, a couple issues here and there. Um some of it, a lot of it is just, there's a couple of dialogue lines where I'm like, I feel like they're trying a little too hard to be profound. And I wrote, it was like, I don't, it's like Rick and Morty-esque where it's like, they're trying a little too hard to be this kind of like smart, profound talk. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know if I want to say it's because it's mean. I, I wasn't a big fan of Joy's acting. Um, this it, is her, one of her first like, major well it's just like that it's not like i didn't think it's bad it's not even necessarily the acting it's just i guess maybe it's the character it wasn't like my i don't know if i don't know i don't know i found it i i agree and i think from my point of view i think it's um in a weird way she's almost kind of too simplistic of a villain with too simplistic of a motivation um where i think i think the problem is that in the different universes with Evelyn and Waymond, you get kind of different personalities and stuff. But for Joy, it's kind of the same across the whole thing. Well, that's because she has become one with all of them. Yeah, and I think that kind of works a kind of almost against her mm. for the acting, in my opinion, where it's very just much one tone throughout the whole time, except at the end. Um, and when she's like, you know, just Joy. Um, she's either just Joy or she's like a snarky, smart-ass villain. Yeah. But it's very good, and there's not a lot that I have anything wrong with it. And also considering what it means for inclusivity as well as, you know, 
what we what we would call indie filmmaking. I think it's it's very important. I do think the fans of this movie can be a little off the chain sometimes. I don't necessarily condone that, but good movie. What were the fans doing? There, there's been some stuff coming out lately where they're, they're just kind of mean. Uh, and so like when when nominations are coming out for things or if like a journalist writes a you know a list of movies that go and bully people for not having this movie higher or like the biggest pick and the fans are just kind of rabid which happens with things like this yeah don't be mean be kind that's what we need listen to waymond just be kind guys be kind um for me i'm gonna give this nine fanny packs out of ten um yeah, I think I still have the same kind of reservations against giving it a 10 that Stefan does, um, especially with Joy, unfortunately. Um, but great representation, great acting, great casting, great story, very fun, very engaging. You're never bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this movie ultimately will be a very big landmark in cinema history um, with the response that it got and the kind of movie that it is. And so I think it's a very important landmark that we will see referenced in the future. Um, which is also kind of why I'm giving it a nine. I think it speaks volumes because, you know, when we're doing ratings, we'll give it a rating and then defend why we gave it that rating. Mm -hmm. We're giving ratings and then defending why we can't just give it a 10. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Which I I think shows how just great this movie is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very, very good. Highly recommend that you watch it. Highly recommend. Yes. Unless you don't like fun. Yeah. Unless you, you hate yourself and only watch bad movies. Yeah. But I think that is it, That's it for us. Stefan, what's next? Right. I thought we had to talk about where to find us. What's next? Funny enough, I'm reading a book. Oh, my God. He's called- literate, guys. No country. I never would have guessed. I'm reading a book because I can read now. I looked into the bagel and I learned how to read. <laughs> um, and I'm reading a book called No Country for Old Men in preparation for our next episode. No Country for Old Men. Oh! Oh! One of my favorite movies. I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be great. Nice. Well, um, again, I want to thank Michelle Yeoh for stopping by the studio and saying hi. You can say it three <laughs> times, she will show up. <laughs> um, but, of course, in the meantime, until our next episode, you can find us on social media. You know, give us a follow. We're we're pretty active over there, so you can uh, stay connected with us. We are on Twitter and we are on Instagram. I will say we are more uh, active on Instagram. Um, but yes. you can find both of those at the takes it took. And if you have an email that you want to send us, any recommendations, anything you want to add on to today's episode, any corrections, any comments, whatever it may be, you just want to say hi. Um, you can send us an email at the takes it took at gmail.com. So uh, that's where you can find us. We'll see you again in two weeks. Um. But that's all. That's it. That's all. But plug. But plug. <laughs> oh my god. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs>